All right, Psalm 124, God's word says this, If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive. When their anger was kindled against us, then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us, and then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth, We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. And this is the word of the Lord. I want to go ahead and just get right into it, jump right into it. Our main idea for the day, where we're going to spend most of our time, is under this thought. God alone is our deliverer, and all help comes from him. A uh, charge against the Bible that I hear all too often and against the greater uh, Christian faith uh, is it simply uh, it does nothing for me. It doesn't apply to my life. Um, what good does this old book have for me? I hear this constantly in our culture. Maybe many of you have heard this as well. What does the Bible have to say about today? It has nothing for me. Uh, and it's, it's so sad to hear that because I think that very statement Uh, against the Bible is birthed out of ignorance. Because the simplest look at the Bible, let alone the wisdom section of the Bible, so Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and a few others, and even specifically at this chapter here, will speak into our lives today by uttering words every single one of us have said at some point in time. This resonates in our souls. How many of you today in this room, you don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to, but how many of you have had an an encounter or underwent some situation and came out the other side saying, if it hadn't been for the Lord, something else would have happened? Yeah, a lot of us in here, Christianity, I feel like, is a testament to this. I'll share with you an example from my own life. When I was born, I was born with a hole in my lung, and I was not going to survive. Um, Doctors were trying to figure out what happened and how they could fix this and remedy this, but they were kind of at a loss. And so when I was born, I was taken right out of my mother and right onto the operating table and into an incubator. And the doctors were trying to figure out what to do. How can we save this child? And so the next day, Uh, The doctors are coming in to attempt to figure out what they can do. Um, They find that the hole in my lung is gone, miraculously gone, no traces of a hole. You would never even think that there was anything wrong with me. Um, There's a lot wrong with me, but but when I was was a child, you didn't know that. And so um, my mom's watching this online now, so I know she's laughing too. Love you. But um, I was delivered from death. I was delivered out of an encounter where I could have very easily died. God delivered me. I have a missionary friend of mine who travels the world spreading the gospel, and they tell me the story of a country they are serving in, and the the dominating religion is Buddhism, and specifically in that region, it is radical Buddhism. Um, And he tells me the story of there is a church that he was helping work with, and he wasn't there. He's heard this from the pastor of that church. They were all gathering on a Sunday to fellowship and to worship, and the radical Buddhists found where they were from, or found out where they were gathering, and they set fire to the church while Worship was going on and was in there, and miraculously, not a single person was harmed. Everyone was able to get out safely, no injuries whatsoever, and they continued to worship day after day from that. 
and God delivered those people. And again, many of us in this room today probably have a story and an instance in our lives where God delivered us, where we can simply say, if it hadn't been for the Lord, something bad could have happened. And I think it's a beautiful time to read this passage of Scripture as well, because last week we heard kind of the lamenting psalm um, as people are crying out, Lord, have mercy on us. Please have mercy on us. And now we see the answer to the prayer. We see God delivered us. So Lord, have mercy. And now we see if it hadn't been for the Lord, man, we would not have been delivered. The enemies would have taken over us. And we are left to our own words, much like them. In this instance, if we can just simply say, if it had not been for the Lord, and we want to praise him today because of that, because he is in control. So our first main point today is this. Praise God for his deliverance today. David, who is the author of this psalm, is no doubt uh, looking back on Israel's history as he's writing this passage of Scripture, um, thinking to himself, you know, Israel is a living testament to the deliverance of God in the today or in the present time. Um, If you're unfamiliar with the Old Testament, God delivered Israel out of slavery in Egypt. Uh, We just went through a series in Exodus where we heard a lot about that. I encourage you to check that out if you're interested. Forty years, God watches over and delivers Israel out of harm in the wilderness. He saves them and delivers them from starvation, from thirst, from attacking enemies as well. And even in David's own personal life, he can easily see God's deliverance. God delivered David out of countless battles and wars. Saul's first attempt to try to kill David was to put him on the front lines and to try to give him these impossible tasks. Uh, And David continues to survive. Uh, God delivered David out of the hand of Goliath and delivered Goliath's death to David. You can think of that beautiful passage where David says, the same God who delivered me out of the mouth of the lion will deliver me from you or deliver you to me. And he helps, uh, outside of uh, that, he helps David uh, uh, escape from the hands of Saul on multiple occasions. Saul will try to impale David with a spear twice and will continuously try to kill him. And before David's life is even done, uh, God will deliver the crown to him and the throne of Israel to him and then deliver him even further when his son Absalom will stage a coup and try to kill David. Uh, David will be delivered. All this to say, David the author, the pilgriming Israelites who are reciting this psalm, and us today can all join in praise of God's deliverance, saying, if it hadn't been for the Lord. What a beautiful thing. Psalm 124 is a crying out of thankfulness to God for his deliverance in face of Israel's adversaries, and we today can do the same in our life. Scripture as a whole is another living testament to the beautiful deliverance God offers. We will see throughout Scripture as God's people uh, and their faith increase, God's faithfulness and his deliverance increases in beautiful, beautiful ways. One could uh, hardly think about the deliverance of God and not recall the words of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, Hear the words Daniel 3, 16 through 18. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, 
Be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. And many of us are probably familiar with the story. Or if you watched VeggieTales as a little kid, they are saved from the furnace. God delivers them from the furnace. I love that statement too. God can deliver us from the furnace, but if not, we will not worship you, king. And I love the, even, even before that, he goes, regardless of what happens, he's going to deliver us from your hand because either we're going to die or we're going to be, uh, be uh, surviving this fire and we will continue to praise. One way or the other, we're delivered out of your hand, your move. I love that. Uh, another story, perhaps, the story of Daniel in the lion's den easily comes to mind. Here, Daniel chapter 6. Then the king, this is a different king now, commanded And Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. And the king declared to Daniel, may your God whom you serve continually deliver you. And skipping ahead a couple verses. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out uh, in a tone of anguish. And the king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lions? And Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth, and they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him. And also before you, O king, I have done no harm. And then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no kind of harm was found on him because what he had trusted in his God. Beautiful stories of deliverance here. And I mean, more time could be spent reciting the stories and the legends of of Abraham, of Jonah, Moses, Elijah, Paul, and even Jesus. But church, is it safe to say that God is a God of deliverance? And what a beautiful, beautiful thing that is. And even as we look uh, in ourselves at our own lives, what a beautiful thing to lay our heads down every single night knowing that God possesses the power to deliver us from all of our trials and all of our pains. Anything I go through is not beyond the power of God. I can pray to God and he can deliver me. I mean, think about that for a minute. Have you ever asked yourself, uh, have you ever thought or been asked, like, why are you praying about this right now? Have you found yourself praying over a situation? You, Why am I praying to God about this right now? Is it because deep down you know God alone can help? I'm praying to God because he possesses the ability to help and deliver me from this. Christians know God can do this. We don't pray that, well, God's never once delivered his people, but maybe he'll start with me, so I'm praying in hopes. No, we pray because we have God's word who shows us his character and his desire to deliver his people. And now quickly, you, if you're more skeptical in the room, you can easily interject in here and go, ha Nate, I was not delivered from my suffering or my pains from God. In fact, when I prayed for deliverance, God did not show up. What did deliver me was my friend, my family, myself, or my therapist. They all helped me in my time of trial. And friends, if you believe in this, I want want to kind of come alongside you. I'm going to ask you this question. Who directed your footsteps to go seek counseling and therapy? Who orchestrated the event and the time where your friend decided to call and say, how can I help you in this time of suffering? Who allowed your family member or your spouse to ask you, how are you doing today? 
just when you needed it the most. Friends, it is orchestrated, calculated, strategized by the one who, going back to 124 verse 8 of Psalm, made heaven and earth. God delivers you. See, we want God's deliverance oftentimes to be the fiery furnace uh, situation. We want God to deliver us. We want to see him in a cloud and a pillar of fire and smoke. But oftentimes we miss the deliverance of God that comes in the whispering, still small voice. You cannot even walk into this building and not meet a single person who has not encountered the deliverance of God in some fashion. You can hardly interact with any member of our church and have not heard a beautiful story of, man, let me tell you about how God saved me in this instance. Or let me tell you about, in my time of trial, the church was there for me and God allowed the church to be there for me. What a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. And moving a little bit forward, one of, one of the many reasons that I adore singing hymns and reciting the old creeds of the church uh, is because it joins me with believers from centuries past. To know that I am uttering the words that my brothers and sisters centuries before me have said is, is interesting. It, it unites us together under the banner of Christ. And the same instance applies here. Friends, when we read Psalm 124, when we read the words, if it had not been for the Lord, I am joined, we are joined alongside those of David, Solomon, Elijah, Isaiah, Ezra, Hosea, John the Baptist. Each and every time we say, if it had not been for the Lord. And even looking at ourselves now, even if you might think to yourself, well, I... (laughs) That's great, Nate, but I still haven't been delivered from anything. Even on these instances, no friends have checked up on me. No families have have called. I have yet to be delivered from my situation. Where is God's deliverance? And I think, again, we miss one of the most important acts of deliverance we have ever experienced. Look at ourselves, friends. We were conceived in sin. We were born into sin. The only thing we could ever do and know how to do is sin. And who saved us from that? Not me. I did not save myself. It was God. God alone delivered me from my sinfulness and gave me new life. Okay, so so don't miss this part about God's deliverance because scripture is brutally clear on this front. I do not need deliverance from something if I possess in my ability the capability of freeing myself. I don't need deliverance from something if I can get out of the jail cell on my own. If I'm locked in a cell, if I have the key, I don't need deliverance because I can get out whenever I want. Rather, in our lives, I am caged in by my sin. I need deliverance from my sins. Romans 3 clearly tells us no one is righteous. No one is seeking after God. No one. So what happens? We need deliverance. We needed deliverance. It is God alone who saves and delivers us. I did not save myself. Even the act of me um, praying the prayer, if you will, saying, Lord, I accept you into my heart. Where was that orchestrated from? That was orchestrated by God to get me to the emotional point, to get me to the spiritual point where I had a desire to surrender my life. All the while, God is already working his deliverance in my heart. And the same applies to us today, church. He has delivered us from sin and from death. Look at where you were before Christ to where you are presently. 
I don't know about you, but I was definitely saved from some nasty and vile things. Many of us in this room can easily say, man, before I met Christ, I was this type of person. I did this type of thing. My worldview, my mentality was this. But now that I found Christ, those things are appalling to me. And I love God's word. I love his people. I love God dearly. I was not say I did not save myself from that. That was God. We call that sanctification as well as I grow in my faith. Friends, we have been delivered. At the end of the day, we if we accept Christ as our savior, we've been delivered from sin and death. And the beautiful thing is that God can and will still deliver us in our everyday lives. And you know what? The best has still yet to come our second point. Praise God for his deliverance tomorrow. So we looked at deliverance today in our present time or even in Israel's present time. And now I want us to look at the future, the tomorrow even, if you will, the deliverance yet to come. Uh, One of my uh, favorite words in the Christian faith, the Christian tradition is Maranatha. I, I think first off as a words guy, it just sounds peaceful. It sounds beautiful. Um, but the meaning of the word is even better. If you're not familiar with the word, it's Aramaic, but in English, it translates to come Lord quickly, or oftentimes, oh Lord, come. What a, I just love that. Beautiful, beautiful words here. And think about it. When we are saying Maranatha, oh Lord, come, what are we, what are we essentially saying in that moment? Deliver us. We're crying out for deliverance. Take us away from all this, Lord. Come quickly. Get me out of here. I want to be with you. I want to be in heaven. I want to be united with you. Come, Lord, quickly. Friends, the desire to be delivered from this present world and to be united with Christ is so ingrained upon our souls that we built a word around it to describe the feeling, the longing we have to be reunited with Christ in heaven. We crafted a word to describe that desire. Does that not show how deep and careful we look at the way in which we word things? Maranatha, come Lord quickly, deliver me, bring me back to you. Friends, we live in this time of expectation for our ultimate deliverance, deliverance from sin and death. We've been delivered by God from sin um, and from death uh, presently, but it's going to come even better when the kingdom is consummated. It's going to be beautiful. We are delivered daily in our time here on earth, but again, there will come a greater time and all of us are waiting in great expectation for that time to come. Uh, if If you've been in this church for any number of months, you've heard this verse preached before, but hear this verse now. Revelation 21, 4, in the first part of 5, he, being Jesus, will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain, nor anything. For the former things have passed away, and he who was seated on the throne said this, don't miss this, behold, I am making all things new. If you ever need encouragement in your life, this is the verse to memorize. 
Friends, he is making all things new. And one day that making is going to be made and complete. And our deliverance from this world, deliverance from the rulers and the principalities of this age will happen. We will be set free and delivered to our Lord. We will cry out much like the pilgriming Israelites. If it hadn't been for the Lord, where would I have been as we come face to face with our creator? Do you not feel this, friends? couple things as just final thoughts here. The weight of these words, deliver us, Lord. Come, Lord, quickly. If it had not been for the Lord, do you recognize that all the deliverance in your life has come and will only come from God? Again, going back to the very, very beginning, God is our deliverer, is so ingrained into our souls that the non-believer who narrowly escapes a car wreck in a moment of great relief utters what? Thank God. Never knowing in that moment he is more closer to God than he has ever been in his entire life because he is quoting essentially God's word, saying, if it hadn't been for the Lord, thank God or, or, or thank the Lord is such a common phrase in our culture as well. You don't have to show your hands. Again, you don't have to raise your hands, but if you've ever had something happen again, like in the very beginning, and you just say, thank God. Not, not in a disrespectful way. I think in our culture, we have a lot of people say, well, thank God. And it kind of, there's a disrespect there. Uh, not in that sense, but have you ever found yourself just going, <laughs> thank the Lord. Um, I remember each and every time I would almost get into a wreck, which isn't that often, but there was an, there's a couple instances <laughs> that makes me sound like I'm a bad driver. I'm not. But every time if a car was speeding up to me and I would veer out of the way and I would get out of the way, um, what did I say? <laughs> thank the Lord. <laughs> because what would have happened? Bad stuff would have easily <laughs> happened. I'm a good driver, I promise. Um, but why is thank God or thank the Lord our first response so often? Why is it the first words that we say? Is it perhaps because, again, deep down, our very being, our, our souls recognize that deliverance can only come from God, that only God could have a hand in those instances like that, so that all other phrases just can't grasp the reality of it. So we have to say, we're left with the only words we can say. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. If it hadn't been for you, where would I have been? Nothing else seems to to resonate with our being and our souls. Other words don't compare to just simply saying those two. Thank God. And so looking again back at the beginning with that critique of the Bible that I hear way too often, unfortunately, does the Bible apply to us today? Yes, always has, always will. Psalm 124, crying out in deliverance, gives us words to the inner feelings we possess when we long for our final home or when we've been vindicated from bondage or when we have achieved victory over our temptations. It gives words to those feelings and we're left with the words of the psalmist, if not for the Lord. Church, today, I want us to, to be encouraged by this. We should walk away running out joyfully saying, I've been delivered, I've been saved. I'm no longer my former self. I have been vindicated, set free. I've been delivered from sin and the best is still yet to come. There's a greater deliverance happening. Would we today, friends, recognize all deliverance comes at the 
sovereign, beautiful, loving hand of God? And would we not just recognize that, but would we continue to recognize that so much that it plays out in our everyday life? That as the common grace of God allows my friends and family to check up on me or allows my my coworkers or allows my uh, my therapist or my counselors to just speak wisdom into my life, would I not first recognize, God, thank you for giving me these people. Thank you for giving them wisdom to speak into my life. And then I thank the person. Would we not live this out in our lives every day, recognizing again, All good gifts come from God. They come from the common, beautiful grace of God. Would we take this to heart, friends? Would we, much like the pilgrims here, the Israelites, the pilgriming Israelites, as they are walking north, or they are journeying up, as they are crying out, Lord, have mercy. I I could just picture the scene in Psalm 123 when they're crying out, Lord, have mercy on us. Uh, It's this burden is heavy. Lord, have mercy. They're singing this out as they're journeying. I can picture the little, the little Israelite boy coming up to his parents like, we've been singing this. Is it going to happen? Does he have mercy on us? And I can picture the father looking at his child saying, just wait till we get to the next one. And they get to the next one. And it's all about the Lord delivered us. I love verse eight. I want to read that again. Our help is in the name of the Lord who what? Made heaven and earth. What an anthem to cry out, church. Would we not leave as this the, and leave the motto of this in our hearts and take it out? So as we close this morning, I want to invite the band to come forward. One of our elders is going to lead us in our communion time. Um, I want us to seriously think about this. If I've been delivered, if God has saved me and delivered me from all of these things, should I not follow him with everything that I have? Should I not continuously seek his will above all else?